Well, good morning, church retreat weekend. It's been a good week. See a few new faces here. So um, I just have a short uh, opening to share um, today. So um, let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you that we can be here today. Thank you that we can worship you. We can choose to worship you and that um, your Holy Spirit helps us do that. And we just pray for that today, Lord. Help us to worship you. Amen. So um, the job I have, I drive around a lot, and um, I, I'm out in fields and stuff, and I see, I drive by a lot of these wind turbines. And, you know, there's, you can't miss them. They're everywhere. And they're building new ones all the time. In fact, there's a... Big project, uh, kind of northeast of Ross Fox's farm. Whole bunch of, and they're a lot bigger now. They used to be like, the first ones they built by Walla Walla were like a half a megawatt. And I think the ones they're building now are like two and a half megawatts or maybe three and a half. Anyway, they just keep getting bigger. And um, I don't know if you remember, but years ago we were told that Green power is the answer, right? Green power is going to solve a problem called um, global warming or climate change, right? CO2 emissions, you, we've all heard these words, right? Okay, now, I, first of all, I have to tell you, I don't really believe that us as humans can affect the world in that way, but hey, maybe I'm wrong, you know? Let's assume I am wrong. So let's build these wind turbines, and every time the wind blows, we'll feel good because we're making green power. So I'm thinking about these things, and I'm watching them build them. And, you know, they, they had to open a gravel pit by this Hepner farm to make gravel for all the roads and all the concrete. And then, you know, the, the original machines were made in, like, Europe, the, the towers. And so they, you know, they had to put them on ships, probably diesel-powered, bring them over here, put them on trains, diesel-powered, you know, bring them to a lot, and then they put them on trucks. And in fact, there was one that kind of made a wrong turn recently in Kennewick. And anyway, so the, there's, I'm thinking about, well, how much CO2 is being emitted to build one of these things? So I grabbed my phone last night and I did a duck, duck, go search because I didn't want to see wind turbine ads on my phone for months from Google. So anyway, um, I um, did a search and I found a website called Stop These Things. Some people in uh, Australia. And um, according to their calculations, they're talking about one megawatt towers. It takes... 241 tons of CO2 emissions to produce one tower. And if you look at how much electricity, green electricity, it will produce in its lifetime, it will never offset all of that CO2. You know, we've been lied to. Anyway, we're still building them, and yeah, maybe the election's coming up, let's... Uh, Let's vote in smarter people. But uh, the, why, why am I talking about this? What's 
So um, in young adults, we've been studying John. And I'm, I'm kind of talking about paradoxes here. So I want to look at another paradox. So um, let's look at John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. And I'm going to be reading this out of the New Century Version. This is another paradox. The word, okay, so what's the word? It's capitalized here. The word is talking about Jesus, okay? And he's like the spoken word. And so this is Jesus that is talking about. The word was in the world. He came to the world as a baby. And the world was made by him. He made the world. But the world did not know him. That's, that's a real paradox. You make the world, you come to the world, and the world doesn't even know who you are. He came to the world that was his own, but his own people did not accept him. That's speaking about the Jews. They just rejected him. This is not the Messiah that we wanted, so we're going to kill him. But here is, we learned about butts last night, right? <laughs> this is the good one. But to all who did accept him and believe in him, he gave the right to become children of God. That is exciting. That's us. We can become children of God. They did not become his children in any human way, by any, any human parents or human desire, they were born of God. Man, that's exciting. That is something that I want to worship the Lord for. So uh, let's do that. Uh, I'm going to invite the worship team and I'll pray again. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you that we can choose to worship you. And uh, thank you for blessing us. Thank you that we can meet here. We have the freedom to do that. And Thank you that um, you've given us lots of good things. And Lord, just help us to express a little appreciation for that. We pray in your name. Amen. All right. Well, thank Thanks, everybody. And uh, if, if you guys were wondering, at, at first when I saw these trap doors over here, I thought there were sharks or something down here, but there aren't. It's safe to stand here. There's just a speaker down there, so <laughs> it's okay. Um, so we're going to go through uh, 1 Samuel 9 today. And uh, so you can turn there. I can turn there. And, uh, and I wanted to start with, uh, you know, just the thought of retreats, you know. And, and this weekend has been a retreat for this church. And, and uh, when I was younger, I was like, why retreat? Why are we, why are we running, running away and retreating when we should be charging. We're Christians. We should just charge and go after it. Um, but, you know, as I got older, we do need a retreat. We need a retreat um, so we can listen, so we can hear which direction to go, right? And so God can give us direction to, to move. Um, and so, so hopefully today, we'll, um, today we're going to go through 1 Samuel 9, which um, I titled basically ch Chasing Donkeys, and uh, so it's, this is a, a fun, fun little story we can go over. There's four main characters. There's Samuel, who is a judge and a prophet. Uh, he's also called a seer, 
Basically, what he is is he's like the middleman uh, between God and this, uh, and Israel. And then there's Saul, which he doesn't know this yet, but he's going to be the future king. And then there's Saul's servant. And then there's everybody's favorite, the donkeys, of course, right? And uh, one, one, one verse I wanted to read even before we started was Proverbs 16.9. And it says this. It says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. Right? So uh, in his heart a man says, this is the way I'm going to go. You know? And God moves his feet every step of the way. So we can be comforted comforted by that. So thank you, Lord, for that. And may he just, um, uh, not only my steps today, but also, so I don't fall off the stage, but also the words that I say, may he just um, be, be speaking through me. Okay, so 1 Samuel 9, I said 9, but let's reverse a couple. I tricked you so you're there, so let's go back to, to 8, 19, it says this, probably up on the screen. It says, but the people refused to listen to, the, uh, to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Uh, then we will be like the other nations with the king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. So what is this? Why did Ryan just jump in the middle of this one? Um, and so what, what's going on is, is Israel is, is tired. Um, so, so basically what Samuel has been acting as a prophet. He's been traveling around as a judge. And he's getting old, right? It's harder for him to travel around and stuff like that. And so, and he has two sons, and his sons happen to be wicked and perverting uh, justice and accepting bribes, not good dudes. And so, of course, you know, as a dad, he's like, I'm trying to pass it down to my sons. And Israel's like, nope, this isn't working. We are not accepting your sons. Um, and, uh, And they say, we want a king over us like any other place. And he pauses, and he, 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 as, as Samuel does, he goes, and he, he hears the message, and he goes to God and goes, God, can you believe these guys? They want a king, you know? And, uh, and God's saying, Samuel, they're, I'm not, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their king. And so this is a, a crazy cool truth of, like, that God was their king. He was their protector and whatnot. Um, so Samuel, God spoke to him, and then Samuel was like, hey, do you know what a king is? Like, a king takes, um, he'll draft your sons to be in the army. He's going to take uh, your daughters to cook him, like, biscuits and stuff like that. And, uh, and then he's going to, like, he's going to take, like, the best of your land, the best of your vineyards. And, he's, and then he's going to put, like, assistance over them. And then he's got to pay those assistants. So he's going to take a tax. He's going to take, and, and all of this on top of, on top of you, do you really want a king? And then they cried out, yes, we want a king still, you know? And, uh, and going back to that verse, it says, uh, the people refused to listen to Samuel, and they said, no, we want a king over us. And in 20, it says, then we will be like other, all other nations with a king over us, uh, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. So they wanted to be like anybody else, all the other kingdoms. They wanted to be like the world and no, no longer just, they weren't satisfied being under, under God, right? And they were trying to be under man, similar to things that, that we hear 
today. So I want, I want to focus. So like, then they, then they say to a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. Man, like I want a king to lead me, to go out before me, to fight my battles. I also want a king, you know, to lead my family, to go out, go out before my family and to fight my battles for my family. And that's what he does. That's what God does. And uh, oftentimes, we, like the Israelites, get in a trap and we say, like, oh, if only, if only something else, something I can see could do that for me. So that was too juicy of a topic. I just wanted to touch that. So sorry, I snuck it in. <laughs> and uh, so, so they said that. And then in 21, Samuel heard the, the, all the people. And he's like, I can't believe these guys. And as a good middleman, he turns back to God and goes, like, I can't, like, can you believe these people? Um, and he repeated before the Lord, and the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel turned, uh, said to the men of, of Israel, he said, everyone go back to his town. He's like, go back home. I got to think about this probably. <laughs> like, this is, this is just crazy. Um, and then in 9, we, uh, we start our story, really. And it says, there was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, the son of Abel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorah, the son of Aphaph of Benjamin. He had a son named Saul, an impressive, uh, I think it, it says handsome up there as well, handsome young man, without equal among the Israelites, a head taller than any of the others. So literally, here's a man... Saul, and his, his dad, a wealthy, well-known dad named Kish, and he was literally a head taller. So literally, God was picking out a person that everyone just naturally looked up to, <laughs> right? And like visually, he, he was a guy that was handsome, he was good looking, and, and God said like basically like, you asked, and actually the name of Saul, so you know, as me and Esther are pregnant, as we've been looking up baby names, what does the name of Saul mean? It means, you know, asked of God. And what Israel was doing is was like asking for a king. So Saul was the perfect, uh, a king that they could see, is what I should clarify. So Saul was the perfect, he would have been voted, you know, voted most handsome, most, you know, likely to see and all those type of things. But it doesn't mention that he was, you know, the closest, his heart with God. I think that's uh, important to just pause and think about. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we look for, like, the best looking or the tallest or whatnot to lead us, and that's what these guys did. Um, all right, so, the donkeys. So, in, in verse 3, it says, Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the, air, um, through the area around Salish, but they did not find them. They went into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they reached the district of Zuf, 
Saul said, that, said to the servant who was with him, come, let us go back to my father, or my father will st uh, stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Have you guys ever been um, sent on a journey by your dad, maybe to, to go, you, the tractor breaks down or something like that, and, and your dad says, this is the part we need, otherwise the farm is not going to work, right? And so you're like, uh-oh, i got to find that part. So you, you run to Basin City, Napa, maybe, and you, you go, and they, they're like, oh, we don't have it, but we have it in, in Tri-Cities. And say, so, okay, you jump on your car, you drive to Tri-Cities. They don't have the, some glitch in the system, so you got to go to Yakima. So you run into Yakima, right? And, and you're going all over the place, and you're going, man. Like, and you really want, I mean, you know how important it is to your dad in the farm that this thing, you find this piece. And these donkeys are really important to the farm, obviously. You know, they, they are the tractor. They are the, um, the wheelbarrow. They're, they're just basically everything to these guys. And, uh, and they're, they're lost. And, uh, and so this is a very important mission that, that uh, his dad puts him on. And, uh, and so just think about that. And how do you find donkeys? Are, I'm... I have no idea how to track donkeys and find donkeys. <laughs> like, I was trying to think about it. I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe you guys know, like, if a, if a, if a cow gets loose, you know, how to, how to track a cow. I would probably just call up my neighbors and say, like, hey, is my cow in your field <laughs> or something like that, right? Um, but, and so maybe he was doing that. Maybe he was bouncing around. Um, maybe he picked a servant that was, like, the best tracker, you know, donkey tracker, and they were just following the tracks. And, and, then, and then they just, like, we're go walking around, going over hills and valleys, and trying just find. And then, then maybe there's a there's a highway of donkey tracks, and they have no idea which way they went. I don't, you know, it doesn't really say. But, but basically, what happened, and we find out later, this this was three days of donkey tracking, you know, across, across mountains and all this type of thing. They call them mountains, but they're hills. Um, and, uh, and so then he says. Come, let us go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start stop working, worrying about us. I guess before I go, that is like, man, and I love this guy. Like, he took he took a, he took three days of working hard, and like I feel like you know whenever you're on a task like this, like more and more pressures on you, right, to succeed. And he took three days, and uh, I I just looked at my my little um, patience, and I was like, man, if. If me and Esther, if we lose the keys to the car, 10 minutes later, I'm like, give up. <laughs> like, let's go make new ones. Like, we're lost. I can't find them. Um, and he, but he was a better man than me and, and went after it for three days. Um, and then he said, man, Dad is going to be start worrying about, me, about us now um, because they didn't have phones, you know. They didn't have track my iPhone. They didn't have any of those type of things, uh, even pay phones. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know how they survived. Um, apparently, they did. All right. So what? What I love about this is that he came. Saul came to the end of himself, right? He came to the end, like just mentally. He. I've looked everywhere, and I, I saw online. I tried to find like a map and stuff, and it, it started at least the map that I found online of this donkey chasing, um, that he started to go in a loop. You know, and once you, once you start looking in the same place, whether you're looking for your keys or your wallet or whatever it is, and you, you do, do the same thing twice, you're like, oh, man, I am right about giving up, right? 
And so he's just about, he's at that place where I've looked everywhere. I'm starting to look everywhere twice for these donkeys. They are nowhere to be found. I can't do it. Um, And then, so mentally he was spent. Also physically, just spent after three days looking and looking and straining your eyes, trying to find these donkeys. Later on we'll find out that he's out of food as well. So I'm sure he's a little bit hungry. So physically and mentally, he's just spent. And I want to pause in there and say, like, that is, is uh, you know, sometimes we've got to come to the end of ourselves um, before, you know, God, uh, we can start listening to the Lord. Right? Or finding donkeys. So it says, it says next, it says in verse 6, the servant replied, uh, "Look in this town. There, look, in this town. There's a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now, and perhaps he will tell us uh, what way to take." And this servant, so he he had, if you look back, he had a choice of which servant to take, and he chose this servant. And he chose a wise servant. He chose a good servant. And how, how do you know, like, a good friend is when they point you to God. This guy points him to God, which is so great, you know. Um, and uh, I want to pause and say, like, like who? I got some, uh, I want to talk about, like, friends and picking the right friends because it's really important that we surround our pe- ourselves with people that will encourage us and will point us to, to the man of God, just like this guy pointed him to the man of God when he was desperate, when he was like, I have nowhere else to go. Like, let's just go home defeated. And they said, hey, let's point to God. And so we want to be um, surrounded with those people. And so I'll, I'll just read a couple friends' verses, what I call friends' verses. So 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what does fellowship, uh, or what fellowship can light have with, with uh, darkness? And so, whether we're in a business uh, business partnership, like I was thinking about, like in, in a business, let's just say you you, you yoked up. You, have you guys heard of yokes, right? Where uh, there's a um, kind of basically a bar and two animals would help plow something together. And so it's saying basically don't um, don't have someone who is an unbeliever, basically, someone uh, without, that isn't following the Lord. So if you're following the Lord, you're going one direction, and if a, and your partner who's over here is going the different direction, you're not going to plow straight, and you'll actually probably end up going that direction, right, going the wrong way. Um, and so that that's basically the point, is be, be careful who you're yoked up with. So I was thinking about business, right, and so we're in a business partnership, me and this guy, let's say, and, uh, and he says, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut the corners here. Maybe I can lie about my taxes over here and uh, save, save us some money, you know. And so he starts doing that, and, and you go, and you're thinking, oh, I can, okay, you know, and you start going the wrong direction. Um, or a friend, you know, maybe you're a friend with somebody, and you're yoked up with them. Hey, this is my best friend, and your friend starts doing something that you know your mom and dad would, wouldn't like. And, uh, and you go, oh, that's, that's bad, but okay, you know, and start going the wrong direction. So careful of that. And then um, 
In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning. So you just sense, when he says come back to your senses, you just sense him just shaking him. <laughs> right? Come on, wake up. You know, bad company corrupts good character. So have good friends. So in Acts 2.42, this is like my last of my friends verses. I'm sure you guys have friends verses. You guys can flip to Acts 2.42 too. You can join me if you want. Just a little bit. This is, if you underline your Bible, you could underline this one. I like it. But if you don't, don't do it. Um, so it says in 242, it says they devoted, so this is right after like a, a whole group of people got saved, and it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I'm going to fast forward, and in uh, 46, halfway through, it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number that day that were being saved. And so when, when I was first a believer, this was like um, communicated to me, like th these are the ways to grow. This was the first church, and this is the way the first church grew. And so this is the way that I could grow. And so what does it say? It says the apostles' teaching, which is basically the Bible. You know, they devoted themselves to the reading of the word. And then to the fellowship, hanging out with fellow believers. And to the breaking of bread, we're going to do some of that today which is great. Everybody loves that part. And, and to prayer. Um, and later on, it says that they broke bread in their homes, and each one of us have homes, right? And I think um, we, one, one of the things that has just blessed me and Esther so much is opening up our home and inviting people in um, and, uh, and breaking bread, just doing this pattern, right? The Acts 2.42 pattern. All right, what do we do? We're going to eat, we're going to fellowship, we're going to read the Bible together, and we're going to pray together, and we're going to grow together, right? So, that's good. That's how you can be intentional with your friends, and, um, and know, you know, sometimes you're just like, talk about the weather, complain about uh, politics every week. Maybe you can have some intentional conversations, um, and uh, open the word together. It's pretty cool. All right, so let's jump back in. You guys can flip back to, to Samuel 9 with me. Thanks for the detour with me. So this is a servant again. So it's, I'll read it again in verse 6. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there's a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let them go, uh, let's go there now. Perhaps he'll tell us uh, what way to take. Because we've got to find these donkeys. And then in 7 it says... Uh, Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? So once again, he's empty. His pockets are empty. He has nothing. Uh, and the servant answered him again. And he said, look, here, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us which way to take. Formerly in Israel, if a man went to inquire of God, he would say, come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. All right, so here it is. Here's the servant, and I don't know where they used to hide money, but like maybe it, today I would pull it out of my sock, right, and be like, ah, look at this. I got some money. Like um, we, thought, we thought we were lost, but look, 
I've, I can provide, and I will, um, I will go um, and pay, pay the price. And just saying those words, paying the price, reminds us of what Christ did, right? And the, the thought of like a good servant, a good friend, there's a, a brother, uh, there's a friend that's closer than a brother that's willing to pay the price. This guy paid the price so that, um, so that his master could, um, could hear the words of the Lord. Just like Christ, you know, paid the price for me. So that's really cool. So the servant, you know, is a sneaky, cool guy. Because <laughs> at first you're like, Samuel and Saul are the best. And the donkeys. Um, but he's cool. So then it says, in 10, it says, good. Saul said to the servant, come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some girls coming out to draw water. And they asked they asked them, is the seer here? He is, they asked, ahead of you. Hurry now, for he has just come to our town today. For the people have a sacrifice in the high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited will eat. Go now. You should find him about this time. And uh, so, a couple, two things I wanted to share was like one, he's get, like the Samuel's going to come and he's going to bless the sacrifice, and then then they can eat, right? And this is a pattern that we do too. We bless the food and then we eat. Um, so, as next time um, you bless your bless the food, you can be like, oh, it's just like that. And the next part is there's food and he's hungry. <laughs> And, and it's only for those who are invited. And so he's probably like, like, food? Yeah, this sounds good. Like, how do I get invited to this place? Um, and they went, so in 14, um, they went, went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming towards them on his way. So the old, older guy is coming towards them on the way to the high place. Now on that day before Samuel came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. It says, I don't know if it's up there, but it says um, in other versions that he whispered in his ear, or he spoke in his ear. And so sometimes um, the Lord speaks directly to us like that. And sometimes we have to come, maybe come to a retreat. Maybe we have to slow down. And I, this morning, I was, as I was thinking about it, I was like, sometimes we have to slow down to listen up. Right? Slow down to listen up. And so sometimes I'm a guy who, who likes to listen to the radio all the time, you know, um, talk radio all the time, podcast all the time, information, information. And sometimes the Lord is just telling me, like, turn it off. I want to speak to you right now. And I'm like, well, maybe you can speak through this guy. No, nope, turn it off, <laughs> you know. Um, and let's, let's have some, some time together. Um, and other times, your mind is racing so much, and you got to say, okay, mind, quiet, turn off. i got to hear the Lord, not myself. And that's a challenge, but it's something, you know, we can do. Um, but either way, God, God spoke to Samuel, and it says, about this time, 
uh, tomorrow, I will send you a man from the, man, the land of Benjamin. Anoint him leader over my people Israel, and he will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached out to me. So first off, your, their cry has reached God's ears, which is so good to, to know. Like, we can cry out to God, and he, he will hear us. And he's going to send uh, this guy, this, them a king. The other part about this is sometimes we, we think about Saul, and if you've read, read the Bible, if you've read these past, the, the, whole, the whole story, that you might think of like Saul's a bad dude. You know, later on, there's a, a guy named David, and like he takes a javelin and like tries to pin him to the wall, basically, you know, shish kebab him. And, uh, and so you're like, dude, this guy's bad, but God doesn't like, you know, introduce him as a bad guy. He's talking about the good things. And uh, I, I guess what I want to say is like, when in God's eyes, he's looking at the good things and the hope, basically, in us, um, or potential. And then uh, in 17, when, when Samuel caught the sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, uh, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel at the gate and asked, okay, so, uh, and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's home is? So this is the classic time, you know, when, uh, when, you, when you see somebody or you think you see somebody and you, you just wave at them like, hey, I know you, you know, like, it's my buddy. And then the guy's like, who are you? Um, and so basically, Samuel already knows who, this, who Saul is because God had spoken to him. And Samuel is, is the goofy guy who's like walks up to, and walks up probably to the, to the most important person in town who's visiting the, the older guy. And he goes, hey, you know where the, seer, or, you know where the prophet is? And the guy's like, oh, man, <laughs> you don't even know. You know, you just stumbled right into the right place at the right time. Um, and so circumstances, um, I'll go back. So circumstances, chasing donkeys, you know, going, walking up and running into the right person at the right, right time. God sometimes wor works through circumstances in our lives. Uh, and, and so I have a couple points that are testimonies of how God did that in my life. So I show up at work, first job out of, out of college, and I'm the only one out of seven people that have a computer. And so like, and it goes like that for three weeks. And so I'll, God naturally made me a leader at my workplace because I was the only one with a computer. So I, only know, I was the only one who knew how to do anything. And then my, my pickup. So I'd been searching online pickups and I was looking for pickups um, all the time and then until my desperation until like I had an Oldsmobile car I bought for my grandma it was comfortable if you have one good keep it um, but it, it's like a sofa in the front you know those old cars like they're so comfortable um, but like basically it was it wasn't until the day that thing broke down and I got the quote and I was like okay there's no way this car is worth it that I, in desperation, got online one last time, and there was the pickup I wanted, like exactly the stick. Every, every, every detail God had picked out for me, and it was there, and I called him up and said, I'm going to go drive and pick it up, you know, Dave Smith. I went to Dave Smith, and I went to use Dave Smith later, because, anyway, they're two different places. Um, and then my ha the house, the house that we live in, 
Um, so, at, you know, I, I had been praying for a house and praying for a house, and then I, just nothing is, is working, Lord. I, and, like, in desperation one day, I'm like, God, I just, I would just, I need a house. I dedicate it to you, God, you know. And that's when I came home. My, my roommate is washing his hands. I'm like, dude, what would you do today? I was putting up doors at this house my dad's trying to sell. Oh, really? Like, what size is it? I was three bedroom, two bath. Ooh, okay. I was like, and where's it at? And he told me where it was at. And literally, like, I'm, as an, I'm an engineer, so I have a list, right? Exactly the, the specifications I need in a house. And he just went off and just, God just checked every single one of those boxes. I was like, here's the perfect house I'm providing for you. Um, and then, uh, then with, with Esther, with young, um, how did I, uh, run into Esther? It's chasing donkeys. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> no, that didn't go off well, did it? Eh. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> Different guy. I don't know who said that. <laughs> eh, somebody needs to pray. Um, so, breathe. Um, so anyway, so I got, a, I got a call, and I was at work, and they said, hey, the Young Life leader, the, male, the dude Young Life leader isn't available to go. Will you be able to go next week? And I said, I'll pray about it, and I hung up, and I thought about it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. I, I get a chance to tell young guys about Jesus? Like, so I called him back. I was like, I'll work it out with work. Whatever happens, like, I'm going to be there. And so I jumped, and I, got, I went there, and who was there? Esther was there serving beside me. God knew it, um, but, uh, but it, it took like a last-minute chasing donkeys uh, to get there. And my, my friends, the Chavez's, this last week told me a story where they locked themselves out of their house. And they're like, oh, this sucks, you know. And uh, so, and then they, they're walking along, um, and uh, they live in Richland. And so they're walking around, and they, what do they talk They start talking about a couch. Man, we would love a couch but to put downstairs, but it'd have to be just perfect. It'd have to be a sectional. It'd have to be in really small chunks. And my buddy Aaron's telling me, like, oh, but it, as they're walking, as they're walking, oh, but it has to, you know, this thing is going to be expensive. You know, it's going to be a thousand plus dollars to, to buy this couch. Do we really have the money to do this? And as they're walking around, they're just really killing time until the locksmith came. And, uh, and they walk into a neighborhood that they've never walked before. And on the, on the sidewalk is the couch. Like the couch, specifically sectional, like just perfect. And uh, with a tag with 200 bucks on there. And it was brand new. I sat on it this week. It was good. Um, and, uh, and I basically I go up to him. I was like, I sat on it. I was like, dude, you were chasing donkeys. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, God, you were chasing donkeys, and God put you in the right spot in the right time. And praise the Lord for that. Isn't that good? Um, it was amen. I got amen for the couch. <laughs> Sorry, I See, I need to just stop. What time is it? <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, so, where are we at now? And so, uh, another one of the, the, the points is like, so, okay, let me finish this one. Then I'll circle back. So, Samuel and Saul just ran into each other via circumstance. And uh, basically, Samuel more circumstance than, than Saul. And, uh, and in 19, Samuel says, I am the seer. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for, for today you will eat with me. I'm sure Saul is excited about that. And, and in the morning I will let you go, and I will tell you all that is on your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them, for they have been found. And to whom is the desire of all Israel turned, if not you and your father's family? And so, like, specifically that last sentence, you know, and, and to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and, and your fa father's family? So that is basically him, like, giving a big hint, like, like Israel's chosen you as a king. And so it's some, when we read it, I, I didn't really understand it, but you can tell because of how Saul responds. And Saul answered, but am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel, and, to, and is not my clan the least of the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to, to me? Um, so he's, he's kind of pushing it off, like, no way. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant to the, into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were, who were invited, about 30 in number. Uh, so basically what happened, like if there's a big table or whatnot, and he took them to the place of honor out of 30, 30 dudes, 30, 30 people, and he said, here you go, you can be in the place of honor. And Saul said to the cook, bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to, to lay aside. So the cook took up the leg uh, with, what, with what was on it and set it in front of Samuel. And so like, here you are, you're a hungry, hungry guy, you've been searching for donkeys, and, and you just got invited to a feast, and so you're excited about that. And now you're sitting in the place of honor, a place that you don't deserve. And then a, a leg, a, a huge leg gets put right in front of you on your plate. You're like, yes, now this is living, right? Um, this, and, and you're also like, I don't deserve this. What is going on? How, like, God is just blessing me left and right here. Samuel said, um, here is what been kept for you to eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion. For the time I said, I have invited guests, and Samuel dined with, with uh, Sam, Saul, dined with Samuel that day. So they ate together. Um, and to me, what's so special about this is, um, is that, like, this place of honor, like, an undeserved honor, where you show up, you have no money, no food, you know, feeling defeated because you, you failed, you know, you haven't been able to find your dad's donkeys. And, um, and instead it's replaced with, you know, the best, the best of food and, and honor. Um, and that's what God does with us, right? And, uh, you know, we, we come to him and we just, if you humble yourself before him, he will lift you up is what it says. And, 
And so that's, that's good. That's really good. Um, so that's where I wanted to, to end, end today, but I'm going to do a recap. Um, and so God can lead us um, through donkeys as we're chasing donkeys. So basically circumstances. God can lead us through circumstances. God can lead us through people. As the, as the wise uh, servant, you know, was pointing them to, to, to God, the man of God, which friends to these day, this day, like we can, our friends could point us to God. Man, and I just want to brag on my friends right now. So like, I've surrounded, like, as I, as I became a believer, I realized, I, I kind of realized this, or basically I was like, I want to surround myself with the most radical Christians, like the most on-fire people that just love Jesus so much, so maybe I could just rub off, some of that could rub off, and I could be encouraged and lifted up. And, uh, and so th- this is my crew, and so sometimes we think about, like, um, at, you guys go to weddings and stuff, right? And so there's, there's best men, and there's that whole lineup of guys, right? And so, like, you want th- those best men, those people, and, and back in uh, Song of Solomon, it talks about, like, um, them having swords and ready to battle and stuff like that. And so these guys, they, uh, in my mind, like, they, they need to know, know the word. They need to be equipped with the sword the, of, um, of, the, of the word of God which is the Hebrews, it says it's a double-edged sword, um, so that they can do surgery on me, basically, because when I screw up, I need to get poked with the sword. They're not going to poke anybody else. And they say, like, no, get back in line, buddy. Um, you're out of the word of God. Um, and so this is my lineup right now is uh, Kyle, my buddy Kyle Skinner. He points me to the word of God all the time, and he knows it back and forth. Um, my buddy Billy. Billy encourages me to share with people. He's a, he's a natural evangelist he's on fire to, and wants to share with everyone. And, uh, and so whenever I'm with him, he's like, all right, let's go. You know, last time he was in town, he's like, let's wash our car. He's, and then, like, then there's the towel guy, you know, cleaning the car. He's like, all right, perfect. Let's talk, tell him about Jesus, you know. He's like, hey, do you have time? And there was nobody in line. He's like, all right. Here's the extra 20 bucks, thanks, and can I, can I have your ear for a few minutes? And this guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, and um, told him about the Lord. It was awesome. And then uh, my buddy LJ. LJ consistently wants to be closer and closer to the Lord. He's the guy where I'm like, dude, he, he's close, <laughs> you know, but he continues to strive. Oh, if I only had, you know, could you pray that I could just have a few more minutes with God? A few more good minutes, like with quiet time, so I can spend praying and hearing from him. And then my buddy Steve Simons, he always points me back to relying on Christ and that Christ is the main thing, and don't ever stray. So that's my crew um, of guys up there, and I also have my best lady, uh, Esther, which is just—if you, you guys know Esther, if you don't, she's the kindest and softest, gentlest of wives, and she's, she's amazing and keeps me straight. Um, but, and she's really good. She can rebuke me, too, so that's good. <laughs> um, so what I was saying there is, like, God speaks through people, and what I wanted to, to emphasize, I emphasize, this is my lineup, and just to, to ask you guys, what's your lineup? Who are your guys, who are your girls that are keeping you 
um, in line with the Word of God, right? Because that's where we find our truth. Who are, who are you going when trouble arises, when you can't find your donkeys, when you're tired and you're hurting? Who do you go to? Is it a person that's grounded in the Word, in the grounded of God's ways, or grounded in the world's ways, and who's, who's going to yank you off like that, um, that yoke and take you the wrong way? Um, and then lastly, God, and this is my favorite, is God speaks directly to us. And uh, so he could speak to us in a small, small voice. Um, I've, uh, you know, just been spoken to in many different ways. Um, through, for God has spoken to me in many different ways. Sometimes I've just turned on the radio and been praying about something, and boom, that's, that's what was, uh, the song was about. Um, other times he spoke to me directly. Um, so in, I got a, story, a, a quick story about, uh, about Uganda. And so um, one time, and so it, kind, it has all these different uh, aspects. And so by the circumstances, I show up, um, I, I wanted to, I was a young guy, I wanted to go on a mission trip, and so I thought I was going to go to a meeting um, to, to go to India. So I walk in the meeting and I sit down, I look around, I'm like, I don't recognize these people from up, up front at church. Like none of these people are the India people. And they start the meeting, and they start talking about Uganda. I was like, this is weird. Um, so this is a meeting about Uganda. And, uh, and then once, so somehow God had me chase donkeys and, and end up being in this, in this meeting. And, and then the, they start, right at the very beginning, they go, well, why are you here? How has God drawn you here? <laughs> and so I, basically, like, they go around, like, oh, God, give me this word you know, this verse or, or whatnot, and like a heart for the Ugandan people, and I was like, I was, they asked me, and I was like, I have no idea, like, I'm not supposed to be in this meeting, and, uh, and that was, my buddy Jeff Brown was like, no, no, God drew you here, and you're going, and, and that was like, the, everybody laughed and was like, I don't know if anybody else is going, but Ryan is going to Uganda, and, uh, and so I was, okay, you know, and so I'm still just fighting it in my heart, you guys, you know, like, I don't want to go, um, and, uh, and so God spoke to me through people then, and so maybe I'll flip to John, John 20, so th then God spoke to me in a still small voice, just whispered in my ear as I'm fighting, and um, where does it say, there it is, so in John 21, at the very end, in uh, 15, Uh, basically, it says, when they had finished eating, John, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I, truly, that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, son of, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. A third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because John... Uh, Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are older, you will stretch out your hands, and somewhere, uh, someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Um, and then later it says, follow me. So God basically spoke to me, like, 
after that meeting, I went to my pickup, and he's like, do you love me? And, and really, it's, um, he said, do you love me? And then that verse about, I'll lead you where you do not want to go. And, uh, and just to have that faith to follow, follow God. And uh, so how d- God spoke to me through that. He spoke to me like um, there's a verse that says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so as we're reading, as we're daily in the word, reading of the word, like God brings verses to remembrance. And like that's what he did there. He's like, boom, remember that when I told you this? And that's when God speaks not only just like words into your mouth, but he speaks verses into your mind as well, which is just awesome. Um, all right, so that was basically it. I, that is it. Um, <laughs> so the, the fun part about it is it ends uh, with a meal, and, it, and today ends with a meal too, right? And so we get to go eat. Uh, which is really cool and undeserving, and I can say, like, I'm totally undeserving of this meal because we forgot to bring anything to a potluck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but if you're new, you're like me, and you didn't bring anything either, so feel free to come. I will invite you because I did, I did the wrong thing too, so how about that? Um, Jason, you want to pray for the meal? We can make friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> a little bit. All right, thank you, Ryan, for sharing. I really appreciate the time and just the, um, this is kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Stand up. Uh, so uh, just thank you again. Uh, good, good word, good message, good things to think on, good things to think about. A uh, couple of things. We are going to go down and eat, and you are all welcome to stay and eat with us, but a couple of things, just housekeeping from our retreat for the weekend. When we're done with our uh, meal, I would like, if we could get all the chairs picked up, if we could probably vacuum downstairs and out in the gym, we might need some cleanup done uh, from being out there all weekend as well. So just uh, remember, if you could help out with some of those things, I would appreciate that. But anyways, we're going to bless the food, and uh, we need probably about 15 minutes, so we'll be ready to eat. You're welcome to join us downstairs, straight down the stairs. And uh, we welcome you to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the word that you brought through Ryan this morning. And I just pray you help us to remember, to think about that, to uh, just to watch circumstances, Lord, as we chase donkeys, to see where you might be leading us and help us to be aware of that. Thank you for your love. I just pray a blessing on the food this afternoon. Guide our fellowship and our time of conversation. I just pray that you would be glorified through it. Guide our week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to stand up, shake somebody's hand, and you can be dismissed.